Hello and welcome to The Coolest Kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined as always by your other host. Hi, it's me. (laughs) Brock Wilbur. (laughs) My name sounds better coming out of your mouth. (laughs) This is Call Me By Your Name, but it's Call Me By Your Podcast and you, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen that movie, and all I know is that somebody eats a peach in that. Uh, that's that's half the story. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. It's a sex thing, I guess. I don't. I got I, I, I got to tell you, it, it was uh, as we plowed through all of our Oscar screeners and stuff. It was basically the last one we got to, and for the first hour, I was like, I'm watching the Bicycle Thief. I don't know what else happens here. And for the second hour, it's just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Uh, but that spaghetti has an emotional and sexual uh, resonance for people that aren't me. And it was uh, it's one of those times that especially as like a cis white dude, I was just like, I, I tap out. I tap out. I recognize <laughs> that this was not made for me. And the, the insane part of it is that like I had wild wild emotional reactions to the second half of the film and it was only later i found out that the adaptation uh of the film from the book that it's based on basically adapts like the first like fourth of the book and they were like oh. what if we just adapt like it's a lord of the rings of <laughs> of of sexual self-discovery and i was like well my god like a a I am so like there's there's so many books. I'm like, you know what? That book would have been much better if they just made a movie out of like the first third. Let's talk (laughs) Sphere by Michael Crichton. I don't know. It's just how's your Uh, week been, buddy? It's always nice to talk to you. uh, I came back from lunch today and the guy sharing office with had his shoes off and he was kicking at his feet. And I was just like, uh, I don't know how many of you are following Terrence on Twitter <laughs> to get this story, but his coworker is just, you, it, it, it's an amalgamation of every terrible office coworker that I've ever heard about. Plus also some like Dilbert cartoons. And yeah. somehow it, it seems to always be getting worse. Like you're like, oh, yeah. like this week he found musicals and he just loves singing along with the headphones. <laughs> and it's like, where did he learn this new fuck skill like he uh, he found a new kind of fart like it doesn't come out of his butt we don't know where it comes from but it keeps happening uh and everything smells like tuna here in the office it's 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 this incredible tragedy that you keep writing line by line on twitter yeah emo music Uh, emo music uh today's episode it's brought to you by the letter T. Um, for <laughs> this town needs guns, um, which is a band that's been around since two thousand four. Uh, I discovered them probably when the when the album, not their EP, but the album Animals came out. Uh, their first, I think, their first EP is just self titled, um, and it is. It is just self titled. Uh, now I have to ask uh, out of the gate: Do you enjoy the HBO show Animals? 
I have no idea what you're talking about. So HBO has a show called Animals. It's been on the air for two years. Uh, it's uh, a bunch of different, like, uh, all the big comedy name folk do sort of improv stuff, and they animate it. It's like a home movies. Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite part of it is that uh, there's two guys that are the head writers. They also tend to voice the main characters in each episode, even though uh, it's just them talking to each other, Mike and Phil, uh, and they're always different animals, and there's always a 311 reference placed in there for some reason. Uh, they were just two dudes that were in marketing and fucking wanted to kill themselves. So they started recording this show like in the stairwells of their marketing company. Uh, and, and they've, they've throughout the process always shared like, here was our pitch packet on stuff. And, and like, they just make everything available to everyone, especially young writers, which is exceptionally cool. Uh, yeah. it, 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 there's always a soft part of my heart for any sort of improv comedy animation thing, Dr. Cats, right. home movies. And now like this, and there's, you know, in any decade, there's sort of one or two at a time and nothing else for some reason. Right. So when when yeah. I got when I got this album Animals and like each track is a different animal, I was like, "There's only one comparison I have for this." <laughs> it's a show that has nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, I I really like this album. About both of the, both of the albums, uh, the, the oh we, we we did a thing that we we've practiced in before now, uh, where when Terrence introduces me to a band. And there's no fucking place to start. Uh, we did the the first big album here, Animals, and we did the first EP, which are wildly different. Uh, and I, I'm so glad that we did it in this style again. <laughs> right. Yeah, because uh, the, the EP is much more... I don't want to say darker, but it is... It's like Animals has, has a sort of brevity to it and a lightness that uh the ep does not have i i am uh, i am so excited to get into this because that is those are words that i would never apply to what i just listened to but i cannot <laughs> wait to hear like is get back into where you were to like how did you find this band because this this band seems unfindable i don't understand where you even find them in the first place i think i think i had just been because I'd gotten to um, gotten into maps and atlases like like math rock, I started listening to more of that. Gotcha. And then I think it was just like one thing led to another, and now now I'm listening to this town needs guns, um, and I click on the uh, I click on the math rock uh, the math rock article on Wikipedia, and Steve Albini shows up. <laughs> uh, and oh, is that exactly, where this started? I made this happen. I guess uh, it says Steve Albini was an influence in the math rock genre, and Steve Albini sure as hell looks like a guy who plays math rock. So, uh, <laughs> weirdly, but, he doesn't. <laughs> would you say? Weirdly, he doesn't. He's not. He's <laughs> he is a thing that we left off the the previous episodes talking about Steve Albini. He he's the lead singer of Big Black. He yeah, yeah he's not he's not especially talented. Uh, he's also the sort of guy that slips a used condom into the record when you buy a record from him and is like, check it out. Bang, bang, bang art. Uh, 
yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt, Banksy. M- exactly. He he was punk rock's Banksy. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that talent or or knowing how to do a guitar solo ever played into anything that Steve Albini ever did. <laughs> but you are right. He does look like somebody that should be better at this. Right. Well, it's just like the picture of him on Wikipedia is just... I don't know. It's not a good. It's not a flattering picture. To go back, did he do this? No, uh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. He's, it's just like him. Like I was just like, I want to see what other math rock bands have to say. But I, because I remember really getting into, uh, into, um, like Maps and Atlases, Terra Mellos, um, Hella for a little bit. Um, this is the part of the episode that I literally wrote in my notes. Terrence won't like it. I'm going to say dredge again. Dredge. I dredge continues to exist. <laughs> I literally do not. I don't think I've ever heard a dredge song. We'll, we'll do it like two down the line. A, it, we're just fucking due for it for the number of times I've had to be like dredge. You've had to be like, nah, that's not a word. I don't know what that. You it, keep saying that. It's it's and, basically uh, this. I, I never. I told you before, but I never listened to dredge. Because that name sounds like a new metal. You band. have said that before. <laughs> I carry it with me. Like it doesn't. It doesn't sound like something. I, like the, Like I look at the name and I'm just like, it, uh, that's obviously not for me. That, like they're playing Ozfest and I don't want to see it. Dredge uh, is if this town needs duck guns instead of being from Oxford was from Colorado Springs. Mm, it's as simple as so I. So it's make pretty it. much the same thing. Yeah. Uh. What if what if we took this down a notch, <laughs> like intellectually? Yeah, this, this town needs guns. Uh, sounds very much like uh, if American football kept going <laughs> and like just kept building upon like the the time signature stuff that they did that kind of set them apart from other emo bands. Oh yeah, uh, I do hear that. I, I, I was very excited for Terrence to suggest this because it was like, I feel like our last couple episodes have been real based in power chords. Uh, right. And yeah, give me this, give me this pavement slacker rock. Uh, and then I immediately got into the Wikipedia for the band. So this is who made up the band, uh, a graphic designer, a librarian, a grade school teacher and a web designer. And it fucking sounds like it. It's <laughs> the, if you just grabbed any four people from those four industries and put them in a room with an instrument, this is what they would make. And it's, and I think that defines like part of like what I like and what I don't like about it. It's like uh, everything I heard on this album was like 10% smarter than it ever needed to be for people to like it. Like, uh, if you pull right. if you pulled each of these songs in just like a little fucking bit like there's a couple of radio like songs in here but nope right that's not what happens instead it's like uh, i don't know make it sound like rain's falling on a fretboard uh right. which is my only review of the song baboon so <laughs> it's 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 it is really incredible what happens when you just pull together like this is it is, it is partly the thing I know I'm bound for and partly my greatest fear is that point in my life that I will just be like, you know what I fucking love? Steely Dan. I just love 
fucking Steely Dan. It's just like the smartest musicians ever got in a room and did a billion takes <laughs> and made a studio perfect album. And you're like, but no one gives a shit. And like, I don't care. I'm you a know, 45 year old dad. But you, do, you know what I do love? Steely Dan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even joking. I I do actually really enjoy Steely Dan. Like it's just. It's just like harmonies and like, uh, I don't know. It, uh, it's just nice to listen to. I didn't like Steely Dan until my dad was like, do you know why I like Steely Dan? And I was like, why? And he's like, so the entire time that Steely Dan has existed, they didn't go on like fucking tour. They were just a studio only band. And it was basically uh-huh. what I associate like both Billy Corgan and LCD sound system with. It's just like one lunatic dude led a room and just made everyone keep playing the songs until they bled from their fingers and they got the perfect take for every instrument did a billion overdubs and then they're like it it is finally the sound that me god approves of uh and and they didn't put their names on anything uh until like yeah maybe in the 2000s when they went on this like reunion tour and that's when they started doing like late night shows and that's when i saw them for the first time uh when they were touring behind a song called my cousin dupree about kissing your cousin and i was like dad i do not get any part of what i'm he's like ignore ignore what you're seeing on the screen that (laughs) ignore the wizard here and the man behind the curtain let's go back to 73 uh and i and i i have learned that appreciation of what they were doing but it's like my god like no you you don't have a way of like sticking that sticker on an album that's like, hey, by the way, this is just like uh, eight years of effort and uh, the people involved never put their names on it. Like it's lunatic material. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. There's just something about like uh, like early to mid 70s, uh, like rock bands, I guess, that uh, they there was a lot of harmonies. And just like these kind of like sweeping guitars and everything right. that I can really get into that I, I feel like uh, like rock music after that really lost because uh, you get into like the 80s and stuff with punk and the 90s with grunge. And like, I don't know, they tried to bring back rock in the early 2000s with bands like Wolf Mother and fucking <laughs> uh, Jack White just jacked off on a bunch of like five different bands. He was just like, he was like, these are all my different bands. And it's just like, Jack White, all these bands sound the same. And he's just like, I have a guitar you can buy at Guitar Center. Can, can we acknowledge that, that Eagles of Death Metal made... Didn't they do something shitty? <laughs> they... They were in the Paris shooting. The Paris shooting took place around them. And this week, the lead singer, who is not the guy from Queens of the Stone Age, Josh plays drums in Eagles of Death Metal, but the lead singer of Eagles of Death Metal uh, went on the attack against the Parkland teenagers uh, for trying to get attention for being in a shooting. And I was like, I've never seen a kettle call the kettle black before. I don't understand <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like what, what fucking world do you live in? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Like, I didn't even know who he was. And then like people are saying where he he was in the, like, I just saw his name. I didn't even like, I've never listened to Eagles of death metal. Um, 
but like I just saw his name and I saw a picture of him, and they were like, "He's he's attacking the 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 teenage survivors." And I was just like, "He looks like the kind of guy that would do that." Like I don't on on HBO Go they have a documentary called uh, "No Zombies Are Friends," which is a documentary about Eagles of Death Metal and the shooting and all the events around it. Uh, that is one of my favorite modern do- like rock and roll documentaries. It's fucking heartbreaking, and like that guy sobs throughout it about having watched people be mowed down in his audience and i was like wow i don't know who this guy is aside from him being the lead singer in this band but like fuck like what a cool uh intelligent smart person and then to see this thing happen you're like what for what purpose i just don't know where you're going here it's 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 fucking amazing and and this has been part of a larger conversation I've had this week with people about the people in the comedy world and people in the music world as well, which is just, I, I, I made some friends and they were talking to me about the whole death from above thing. Uh, and I was yeah. like, well, we live in like the podcast era. And before this, a lot of musicians didn't have a chance to express their political beliefs. And now that they do, <laughs> we know that a lot of them are fucking bad uh, it's just like right. oh don't give people platforms but what are we gonna do uh, and uh, the friend suggested like if if you find a band you like now don't tell anyone they exist and don't buy any of their albums just <laughs> let them like live in relative obscurity and that's the only way to keep them from going on info wars at some point like billy corgan did this week uh it's just it's it's it is a sad point where you're like let's just bury the things that we love because the only way to hear from the things that we love that actually what we love is is shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like that uh it's like that Pat Oswalt bit about um about George Lucas where he's t- where George Lucas is telling him <laughs> supposed to be telling him about like the Star Wars prequels. Where he's just like, uh, where well, he's you want to see him as a little kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that, except for like, if uh, if George Lucas was half Alex Jones, half the guy from Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> I I don't know. It's it just has the worst, just the worst fucking opinions. Yeah, I. It, we we got on a tangent here, and I think we started on the tangent from the place that it's like, this is a band made up of four like very smart people, uh, and they're from Oxford, and like, <laughs> and we're two very dumb people, and we're gonna try to talk about it. Well, it and I I don't know like, I feel like mid two thousands was a great time to like get behind bands that were actually made up of people that were like PhDs somewhere, like right. uh, I. Do you know uh, Girl Talk's backstory? No. He was a fucking biochemist, and he was working in huh. a Philadelphia biochemistry lab, uh, and he was doing Girl Talk on the weekends, and he was flying out to Europe to, like, headline gigantic festivals. But he was like, I don't know. This seems dumb, and I'm a scientist. So right. he would come back f- from, like, these gigantic, like cocaine sex euro weekends and then everyone in his like biochemistry lab would be like hey how was your weekend he was like i don't know pretty boring and he did that for like a year and a half before he finally committed 
to like doing this thing. Uh, and I'm just like, I really appreciate the people in the music world. They're like, you know what? I think I might be too smart for music, like, or, or at, on the bass level, too smart to enter into music as an industry. Right. Like that's, yeah, I don't know. I went to college for a reason. I'm not going to start going out on tour to open for Franz Ferdinand. Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, that reminds me of the story of a that was a wrestler. I just had to look it up. His name was Matt Stryker, who was a he was a high school teacher, and like he was also but he was also like doing wrestling on TV, and like nobody knew. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I had I had one friend in comedy in LA. Uh, she was a comedian who did a lot of like one night stand jokes, and she also taught at a private Catholic school. Oof, and like once every two years, a student would find her material and they'd be like, oh my God, we're going to fire you so hard. And then those sixth graders went on to middle school and no one knew about it. So like she got like a, a couple of like redos until one day like somebody's parent was like, hey, I think I remember this happening like two years ago. Wasn't this the <laughs> same person? I thought you said you fired her. And they're like, nah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, she is on the Daily Show right now, so uh, oh. kudos to her. <laughs> works out for everybody. Works <laughs> works out for everyone. Uh, this band is so fascinating to me because uh, I I think the last couple of episodes we've done, I've been in this weird place where I keep saying like I don't understand the music I'm hearing just from like a from a musician standpoint. Like I don't know how I'd pick up my guitar to do this. Uh, right. Especially who was who was our fucking like uh, death metal uh, journeys band? Dance Gavin Dance. Yes, Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> who? Oh, I've spent so much time with them since then. Like I fucking uh-huh. I love this band that I will never understand or possibly like. Uh, like it, they're so complicated, and I. Oh, God, I love it so much. So this is another one where it's just like uh, every song is basically like uh, there's a drum beat and the drum beat is uh, basically the main musical notation of the song. The bass tries to do something that sort of harmonizes with the vocalist. And then there are just two guitars that do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, And I... I'm so perplexed. Like I, this is this is actually the first time this has happened on the show. I went and like looked up like guitar tabs and stuff and tried to figure it out. And I was like, well, there's just nothing here. It's just like some dudes being fish over the top of the thing. Like I don't. There's uh-huh. no there's no chord progression. There's no way of understanding what they're doing. Uh, and especially uh-huh. the first couple of tracks of the album, I'm just like, this is meaningless. When the track Badger hits, uh, they make a point that they're like, we don't uh, put effects pedals on our guitars or do anything that does anything. Uh, Badger, the bass player, gets distortion on the bass, and then they put some bells above it. And it is one of the only songs on the album that I can tell apart from the rest of the songs on the album. (laughs) Uh, And I think it, it just fucking kicks. And I'm like, oh, what a what a good interesting thing but the thing that it also brought to to me that i i wrote down here was that like 
of, of all the albums that you've introduced me to, this is the one that lyrically I feel like a band went into the studio and just like mouth rambled over the top of what they were recording and later went back and do did some like words. Like lyrically, I feel like there's nothing here, but I wanted to check that with you. Do you, do you feel any connection to these a songs? Few, a few songs, a few songs, um, but not, not all the way through. Like, uh, uh, when I come back to my room and listen to Bell and Sebastian and uh, and Panda and want to see Ultraviolence in D minor. Uh, there's a few songs, but overall, um, I don't know. I just kind of get the same feeling from most math rock that I listen to. Uh, like I don't. I'm there for the for the like the the soothing <laughs> the soothing wildness of it all. Like. Uh, Totally it's get not, it. <laughs> it's not, because uh, it's not, like, I could listen to death metal, like progressive death metal or whatever the hell to get kind of, like, crazy guitar chords going all over the place. But <laughs> bands like, uh, bands like, uh, like, uh, Maps and Atlases and Terramellos, Hella, This Town Needs Guns, there's, uh, there's, like, a soothing wildness because it's not like it's not like jamming on power chords right. that are also like done in like time signatures that are fucking who knows what. I I, I think part of it that confuses me is that like uh, I don't understand why I would ever make this in that way that like if these were the ways that my fingers moved across the fretboard. Uh, I would just do Van Halen fucking all day long, every day, (laughs) uh, and just wail and hit my dick with a guitar. Uh, And instead, like, this sort of band has always been, like, a genre that I can't fucking crack because I'm like, who gets that good at the guitar and then, like, plugs in, turns on the cleanest channel they can and is like, let me just do some hammer-ons and just uh, <laughs> let's see how many different versions of the G chord I can do. And at the same time, somebody's going to blow a conch shell under the knee. And he's like, what? Why did you get into rock and roll? I don't understand. I don't, I don't fucking get it. <laughs> uh, it's, hmm. It's almost like the mumble core of, uh, of music. Fuck. Like this. Oh, God. Oh my God, Terrence! My God, why? <laughs> that's that's so incredibly good. That it's that a, that that explained the entire thing to me. Yes, of course. Say, it's, it's like a, <laughs> it's a du, it's a Duplass Brothers movie. If it was a if it was a genre of music, I'm so borderline uh, mad about this. <laughs> that <laughs> holy yeah yeah okay. Yeah, oh, God damn! I don't know. It's just like this. Uh, like sort of vague emotional uh almost improv uh sort of comedic telling of real life stories the sort of comedic element i believe as well like yeah, nothing here seems dark right uh, and nothing here seems too heavy and like you also talk about it the way i would talk about a white noise machine but it's for some of the most talented musicians I've ever heard. So you, again, I'm like, what are they doing with this? And 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 on top of it, like, <coughs> they, 
I, I, I read up on them and uh, they moved from being a quartet to a trio uh, and there are very few bands in the history of rock and roll that have pulled that off especially in this math rock world I want to see what right. the trio version of this band is uh, I haven't <coughs> listened to their most recent album but um, the, the the third the, well I guess second album um, is really good like it they kind of it, they're one of the bands that that continues to build on their own sound um without becoming derivative okay uh, and like and I, and I feel like a lot of a lot of bands uh <coughs> fall into that trap of uh of like making making the same kind of music but not uh not improving on it in any way or like trying anything different or like making themselves sound better like like it doesn't even have to it doesn't even, like I'm not talking about changing genres or something oh sure but literally making yourself sound better like every album just kind of sounds the same and you were talking about bands that uh that with with smart lead singers and I just think of the offspring where like <laughs> yeah PhD every, yeah I was gonna say every like it's like in like nuclear science or something like that isn't it um it's a double but, PhD is that for him I yeah, don't, I don't remember. De- Dexter like every- Holland definitely has a PhD. Oh, in uh, in uh, chemical uh, science. Yeah, uh, but like every like, there's two Offspring songs, and uh, yeah. it's either it's either like Too Fly for a White Guy" or it's uh, uh, fucking what's that one song? Anything where they call a woman a bitch. <laughs> uh, the the kids aren't all right. Is that is that one of their songs? Yes. Yeah, it's either that or like Two Fly for a White Guy. Yeah, they have the Red Hot Chili Peppers binary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh Red Hot Chili Peppers also also <laughs> have either uh all around the world or they have under the bridge. <laughs> it's either heroin or like heroin fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like it's either coming down from heroin or going up on heroin. <laughs> There's, I was reading up on like reviews of when this album came out, and everyone uh, compares this album to like Spanish influenced music, which I get because there's a flamenco guitar element to here, and how like there's the flutteriness of it, and how they run some of these scales. But I think it's so fucking bizarre to compare this album to like Spanish music. It's right. like uh, I was in electro punk bands in college, and I guess you could call us German, but I don't think anyone in Germany would have stuck around the bar to watch us play. Like it's, <laughs> it it feels weird to like be like I don't know. I, this guy learned how to do the pick fast. Is that Spanish? <laughs> Because uh, in that way, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead is also Spanish. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, so this album like goes on and like it hits this very interesting point uh, on the song Elk, which is an instrumental uh, where they bring in multiple trumpets out of nowhere. Uh, and Elk is also, as I, I noted, uh, the sort of song that like, Everyone I know who started, who learned how to suddenly double tap on the guitar, this is the first song they wrote. But instead, it it goes from being like, 
Hey, look what I can do to like this very, very beautiful track. And everything that comes after it on this album is such a better song, like not fun-wise or anything else, but like compositionally, like the lyrics and the amount of effort that goes into it and even the length of the songs are just on this like other level as if they recorded the whole album first and then took a year off and like practiced their instruments and then came back and did these <laughs> last couple of songs. They're not more fun. They're just like so much better songs. And I was like, oh, I kind of appreciate that they did this. They were like, let's put on like the slightly more accessible stuff up front, which is still the least accessible music I've ever heard. And then we'll do this sort of like cake song and then we'll put some bigger stuff at the end. <coughs> I'm sorry. I, I got I got kind of I was looking up because uh, they moved to a uh, another um, label for their their third album, Disappointment Island, which is the one I haven't listened to. Oh my god, what a great uh, name for an album from this band! Oh my god, <laughs> if if you if you dared me to improvise a name for an album from this band, that's the name of it. <laughs> Uh, but I'm looking through uh, the uh, the the album Sergeant House because I was just like I recognize that name, uh, so I, was, I wanted to see and I recognize a few bands up here that I've listened to, um, and I see a band named Zex Marquise, which was the uh, one of the characters from Gundam Wing, and I'm just like I wonder what that band is. I click on it and it's like a band made of all the other Rodriguez Lopez guys. Like there's. There's three uh, <laughs> brothers of Omar Rodriguez Lopez. No, band. how? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. The point of our podcast is that every time it ends back on the Mars Volta. <laughs> uh, I I'm so fascinated by this album, and I'm so fascinated that it means something to you. I think mm -hmm. I keep prying at you to tell me. What does this mean to you? Because I don't get it. Uh, I, like I said, like I don't know, it's, it's like mumblecore, but it's a it's a it's a fucking album. Like I don't know, it's just like this this sort of soft emotion, like kind of depressing, but not really. I guess when do you go to it? Uh, it's almost like a it's almost like a nighttime summer album. Perfect. That makes perfect sense to me. Like it's like it's it it doesn't sound like the daytime. It sounds like I don't know, like ten o'clock in the middle of July. This is an album that fireflies should fly around. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, like this is something you put on at a this is something you put on at a house party, uh, and like nobody's gonna. I don't. I don't think anybody would. But like, hey, turn that shit off! Like, it's not, it's inoffensive, but it's not, it's not, like, bland. No. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the news. I was trying to remember, <laughs> uh, I was trying to remember Dennis, Dennis, uh, fucking... What is his name? <laughs> like the joke is falling apart all around me. The guy he was uh he was on Saturday Night Live. He did Weekend Update. 
<laughs> Dennis was his fucking. He was also a vampire hunter in a movie. Uh, he's fuck. I can't. Brock, say something. <laughs> Uh, uh, Kitty talking to the mic. Uh, Kitty. It's not Dennis Leary. That's not what his fucking name is. He was in. He was in. He was in a. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving this all in because I can't remember. I cannot remember his name for whatever reason. Uh, uh, Dennis SNL anchor Miller. Miller. I can't remember. I was trying to remember his uh, his SNL sign-off phrase, but I couldn't remember. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the news and whatever the fuck he says, but I couldn't remember what he says. <laughs> so we have two minutes of the show of me fucking rambling on saying Dennis over and over again. It's our uh, number nine of podcasts, Dennis. Dennis, Dennis, Brock, would you recommend this album? Dennis O'Leary was cryogenically frozen. Uh, how do you how do you like this album? I I don't know what to do with the recommendation on this one. Like, I uh, it's nonsense. It's just nonsense sounds. <laughs> but uh, I feel like maybe you hit it in the last minute here when you were like, I don't know, it's a house party thing. And I was like, the fuck house parties are you throwing, Terrence? Uh, and exactly. then it was like, oh, if you put this down at a volume of three, you're right. No one would call any attention to it. And it is it is exactly that. Uh, I perhaps paid too much attention to it. Uh, and the mm-hmm. thing that we didn't hit on at all was that uh, we listened. I listened to the EP as well, uh, which is back when they used distortion and were a rock band, and they sound just like Tool's younger brother that had some feelings. Uh, and I like that version of this band so much more. Uh, I I can see what they were there, but also that version of the band is is a thousand bands out of Oxford. Yeah, no one would have ever right. given a shit. They got real good at what they do. They made something that I don't think many people could make. I can't make it. I can't even understand it. Uh, (laughs) And it's just an album based on zoo animals, named after animals. Uh, And it's it's beyond my grasp right now. I, I will come back to this one. I think I like it. I don't know. I don't know what to recommend here. Like, it's not like you should listen to this now because you'll enjoy it. I don't think you will. Uh, I, I, I still struggle to understand your buy-in to it, but I, I really like and I like respect math rock. I, you, you don't, you don't <laughs> like math rock as much as I like math rock. That's a problem on this show. Uh, and this I'm is not going to listen to Dredge. <laughs> You're going to listen to Dredge. We're going to dredge the lake. Uh, I don't also, know. that Dennis Miller movie I was trying to think of was Bordello of Blood. Oh, my God. This is the farthest we've ever gone off the rails. 
Look, I, I I do appreciate you recommending this one. This is, I, I I listen to it absolutely, or at least like Google this band and listen to a couple of songs. One song should identify whether or not you have any interest in this. Uh, it is all over the place and it is wild, and uh, I don't have direct comparisons for that. Like it's it's exciting and cool. I. I don't get even the emo connection here because I feel like the lyrics were just thrown on top of a sound, but like, I don't know. I'll give it time or I'll listen to more. I'm at Brock Wilbur on things. Terrence, do you recommend people listen to this? Yes. Because I'm not stupid <laughs> like some other people on this podcast. I feel like I hurt your feelings and I'm sorry no, about it. I don't, I don't I, care. I'm, it doesn't matter. No, I, I, I really do care. I, I'm trying. I just don't. <laughs> I you really don't have to like everything. You're right. I don't. This is one that feels particularly weird because I just don't even understand what is happening. Uh, <laughs> and, and at least for uh, dance, Gavin dance when there was just nonsense happening and it was loud and two different dudes were screaming. I could understand the line in. I don't understand where this band found a fan, much less a fandom. And I'm so glad that they did. I think I like this album a lot. I just don't. I I don't I don't understand who cares about it or or why they would care about it. And I don't. And I keep asking you about it. Like I don't even understand in what like emotional state I would turn to this and be like. You know what I need right now is the album Animals. Like it seems otherworldly to me. You've 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 like shifted beyond what I understand about music with this one. <laughs> I I I feel stupid cuz I know I should appreciate it. I don't get it. <laughs> uh I'll try to think of something else to to uh to fuck with you some more check out check out spark as a diamond it's a female fronted electropunk band that uh, also screams a whole lot and they do a cover of push it by salt and pepper see i get that (laughs) uh go hmm, i'm gonna try to think of something real weird uh, go and listen to Elijah Fields, which is just like it sounds like you're dying from a uh, you're you've been stabbed to death in a bar, uh, <laughs> in a seedy back alley, and there's just a woman crooning over like discordant piano. Oh my god! Yeah, they had a they had an album called This Is How, I, I want to say it's called This Is How We Die, and it's just like this fucking I don't. I don't know, man. It's like it's <laughs> like uh, it's like Regina Spector from the Shadow World. Stop doing this. <laughs> it feels less like you're trying to recommend an album than you're trying to turn me on. I don't. <laughs> You've done three recommendations in under a minute that I wish I could have talked about instead of this album. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I I do appreciate uh, thank you for opening the doors to like having me listen to this. I would have never found this or ever heard this. It's a crazy album. It's ridiculous. I don't uh, I don't know where to put it. 
It doesn't go anywhere. It does. It definitely doesn't sound like it comes from England. Uh, at least like the definition of bands that sort of came out of England during this time. Sure. During like 2004, 2008. Right. Uh, it 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 sounds like uh it sounds like they it sounds like american football like if you like american football but want something uh more than american football listen to this town needs guns uh also listen to listen to that first maps and atlases ep cuz that's that's real good it's only like five tracks i'm at the black nerd on twitter <laughs> Both on Twitter at Coolest Kids Pod. Yeah, Brock. Brock has a Brock has a podcast with his wife called Missouri Loves Company. Yeah, tune in for that and one. Thank you guys. You have a you had a new episode come out today, which is the twenty eighth of the ninth, twenty eighth. Hey, it's twenty eighth. April. <laughs> it's April. It's April twenty eighth. <laughs> I've missed an entire month. Um, I wish I could. <laughs> uh, Corey Feldman's been stabbed. Keith <laughs> Ranieri is in prison. Oh, oh uh, the, the president fired somebody on Twitter again, and all is right with the world. Did the president fire Keith Ranieri? <laughs> the, the president fired Keith Ranieri for stabbing Corey Feldman. <laughs> well, everything worked out right then. Everything, everything's fine. Murder suicide passed with the president. Uh, I got I got nothing else. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired too. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, uh, rate rate review, comment, like, comment, subscribe, smash that like button. There's no like button. You gotta you gotta subscribe. It doesn't work like that. Uh, as always, we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Thanks, guys. Good night. Yeah.